If you've got your Bibles, you can uh, pull them out or however you access them. Isaiah 6 is uh, the passage we're going to be focusing on today. I don't know about you guys, but uh, Christmas whole day, special place in my heart. As we get ready to move into this season of Christmas, it is just one of those times that I get a little bit more joyful. I get a little bit more pep in my stuff. I just get a little bit more energy. I love the lights. I love the music. Uh, I love the decorations, whatever you see. It just, for whatever reason, makes me come alive. It, it may, I think I can probably trace it back uh, to my home growing up. My mom and dad are here uh, this morning. They served with us at Coach for the City. You guys can wave, and I'll embarrass you guys. Uh, but uh, when, we, when I grew up, like Christmas took over our house the day after, not Thanksgiving, the day after Halloween. Like November 1st, Christmas just took over our house. Like I felt like we were taking down the Halloween decorations and bringing out the Christmas tree. When, when did you put up the Christmas tree this year? Before Thanksgiving. Well, before Thanksgiving, all right? So it was just something that took over my life for, for two or three months. It was just part of everything that we did. The music that was played, everything that we hear was just part of our life. And maybe it was that way for you. Maybe you, like, keep Christmas at bay until, like, Christmas Eve, and you're like, all right, finally I will listen to Christmas music. It's Christmas Eve. I have to do something Christmas-related. We probably all have different experiences with Christmas in here, different thoughts of how Christmas affects us. And what I want us to do over the next three weeks is, is actually kind of dig in and look at the, the true history and meaning behind Christmas. When we say Merry Christmas, when we, we use simple words like that, what are these these stories, these amazing story that actually goes along with it. Christmas carries much tradition, not just in our families, but it carries much tradition and history in this world. And from a Christian pr- perspective, it carries incredibly deep meaning. The earliest recording of our traditional Christmas celebration on December 25th can be traced all the way back to about 350 A.D. Jesus, if you didn't know this, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. All right, if you're like, oh, my gosh, what? It's all right. You know, you can be uh, enlightened this morning. It's when we chose to celebrate it. And so you trace that all the way back to about 350 A.D., just about 300 years after the life of Christ, people said we need an annual celebration of the coming of Christ, of the birth of Christ. And from its very beginnings, that celebration, that December 25th celebration, had at its core the celebration of the birth of Jesus. But let me ask you a question. What is it that we truly celebrate at Christmas? The, the quick answer is that we celebrate the birth of Christ, right? I mean, every, if, you, if you're sitting in here, you probably have heard that at some point. Jesus is the reason for the season. We, we have this idea that birth of Jesus is why we celebrate Christmas. But my question is, is it just the birth of a man? The birth of a man who would do good things, who would make an impact in the world that we can even see today. Is it just this celebration of a great man who once lived, did great things, and do we equate it to like other great men and other great celebrations? So can we, can we trace it and say, you know, it's, it's similar to when we, you know, celebrate the birthdays of Martin Luther King or George Washington or other great leaders. Is, is it just a celebration of a man? And the truth is, the Christmas celebration is not just about a certain man being born. It is, in fact, a celebration of one of the most core aspects of the Christian faith. And it's this idea of a Messiah coming. 
And the word I want us to focus on over the next three weeks is the simple word Messiah. Messiah. I was walking uh, on Vernon the other day, and I was walking by St. Mary's Church, and they have a sign out says, that says, Messiah is coming. And I was like, what? He's coming back? And they were meaning the musical, not the, uh, not the actual Messiah. But, uh, but it's like you see that word, you hear that word, and when we hear the word Messiah, it makes me ask, we want to ask this question, what is a Messiah? When we hear that word, it carries a lot of meaning. The word Messiah can mean someone that brings help or hope. We think of it as a savior or someone who rescues us. When we actually look at the word Messiah, it comes from a Hebrew word that means to actually smear on or anoint. And the the word Messiah was actually used to say it was anointing of someone for a special purpose, a special task. It was someone being marked for something unique. It was a setting apart. When I was studying this and I read this, do you know what? A visual image immediately came to my mind. I'm a movie person. And so the image that came to my mind is Lion King and Simba, right? I mean, it's like you can hear the, the animals chanting and all that stuff, and they hold Simba up, and like we have a special thing. And that's what a Messiah is. It's literally somebody who is set apart, that's unique, that has a unique task that they are to accomplish. That's what a Messiah is. And in Hebrew culture, the idea of Messiah was tied to the task of bringing freedom, restoration, hope, and prosperity back to the nation of Israel. So when you would walk around in those days before Christ, when Israel was dispersed all throughout the Middle East, they really weren't a nation anymore. They would greet each other and say, Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. And what they were saying was this, hope is coming. Restoration is coming is coming. Prosperity for our people is coming again. It was a word that basically meant when they would say this Messiah is coming, it was don't lose faith. Don't lose heart. God has not forgotten us. And when we hear that word today, I want you to know that it carries the same meaning. When you and I hear the word Messiah, and we think that Jesus as the Messiah, we think of it that it's hope has come. We have been restored to God. We are new creations. We have been reconnected, and there is prosperity for us in our lives. Hope is for you today. That is what Messiah means, is that God will send help for the helpless. He will send hope for the hopeless, joy for the desperate, freedom for the imprisoned, and peace to those in turmoil and love for those that feel abandoned. That's what Messiah means. Wherever you're at, there is hope. It's coming for you. That's what the true story of Christmas is. Don't lose hope. Keep the faith. God is faithful and has not forgotten you. So Christmas is a, celebrates not just the birth of Jesus, but of the belief that Jesus is the promised Messiah, the hope of the world. It's a belief that it wasn't just, he wasn't just a good man who did good things, but he was the promised Messiah of God who came to earth with a specific purpose. And that's what Isaiah begins to talk about in Isaiah 9 here. Isaiah's writing this. He's a prophet in the Old Testament. He was a prophet before Christ who was writing about Messiah. Everyone would say to each other, Messiah is coming. And he's like, let me tell you what God says Messiah is going to be like. 
And so over the next week, today we're going to look at this concept of the Messiah. Next week we're going to dig deeper into these verses and figure out the character of the Messiah. What was he actually like? And then the consequence of the Messiah. What does that mean for us today? And so let me read through this passage and then we'll jump into it for a few minutes here. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. This is the prophet Isaiah talking about the Messiah that is to come. He says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace there will be no end. In the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness for this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so today we're going to jump in and look at this concept of the Messiah that he lays out here, that Isaiah lays out here in this very first verse. And he uses two words that I don't know that you and I, when we talk about Messiah, would use these two words. And it's this idea that he was a, he's going to be a child and that he is a son. He's a child and a son. Why would he start with those two terms? Why would he start to describe this coming Messiah, Jesus, as a child and a son? So let's, let's dig into that. The first idea is this. He was a child. For unto us a child is born. When Jesus came to earth, he came as a child. Isaiah said a child would be born to us, for you and for me. He's saying that there is a person coming to this earth that will have the task of bringing hope to all mankind. This is not something God is going to do from a distance. This is not God, something God is just going to you know, show up and s- sprinkle fairy dust on our lives and make us all of a sudden better. There is actually someone coming. Isaiah was laying out for the people of Israel in those days that there is someone coming to this earth. A man, a child, will be born of a woman, and she, he will come to bring hope to those that are hopeless. He didn't arrive in the clouds. He didn't arrive on a, a bolt of lightning. He didn't arrive with huge pomp and circumstance. He actually arrived on this earth like every other human. He was born of a woman. He was born a baby, a child. And this is important for a couple of reasons. This is important first because Jesus' birth as a child displays his humanity. It displays his humanity. Jesus was the promised Messiah born into the world the same way that you and I were. Same way. He was born human. He was born in need. He was born dependent upon the care of others. He cried like a baby like everybody else. Jesus, even though he was perfect, he still cried as a baby. It's not a sin to cry as a baby. All right, so he, he was in need. He had to be fed. He had to have his diaper changed. All his, he was a baby. He came just like any other human. The, this is what I want us to grasp here. The Messiah was not separate from us. He actually became one of us. He's not separate from us. He became one of us. And the first concept to grab there is the Messiah came and that he would be a human. He would be a man, just like you and I. But Jesus' birth didn't just show his humanity. It also, his birth as a child displays his humility. You know, he didn't come the son of a king on this earth. He didn't find the most powerful family uh, in the nation that time or in the Roman Empire and say, you are born of the son of Pharaoh. He actually came the son of two poor, newlywed teenagers. They really had nowhere to live, no, no means 
about them. They were some of the poorest class of people that they were. They lived in a captive country. They didn't even have a country to call their home. So he did not come as a conquering king, as many expected. It says instead that he came as a suffering servant, a servant of the people. He came with humility. This is, I want you to hear this. He didn't just come as a man, but he came as a man of the people. He didn't come to rule and to reign. He came to be among us and walk with us. And these two concepts are key to understand because it shows the true nature of a Messiah. By coming to earth in human form, God was demonstrating that he was willing to meet us where we are instead of expecting us to come to where he is. God saw a man's need for hope and help and came to enjoy us in this mess instead of saying, you guys fix it, and once you get it cleaned up, then I'll show up. And I love that about our God. He sees where you're at. He knows where you struggle. He knows that this has been a horrible week. He knows that your marriage is in shambles right now. He knows that you're at odds with friends or work is falling apart. You don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. You don't, he knows that. And God does not say, once you get your act together, then I'll show up. He says, no matter how messy your life is, no matter how much it's falling apart, I'm stepping in. That's Messiah. That's Messiah. That's the humanity and the humility of Jesus. Here's what I want you to hear. His humanity exemplifies his faithfulness. He won't leave us. God will not leave us. He says, I'm not leaving you. But his humility exemplifies his love. That he won't leave us like he found us. He'll come into our biggest mess. And his love will bring his arms around us. And he says, I'm going to walk through this with you. The humanity of the Messiah. But then it says... It says, not only to you a child is born, but he says, unto you a son is given. There's a difference between a child and a son, and it's not just that they determine male or female. It's that's the idea where a child tells you what the Messiah was going to be. A son tells you who the Messiah is. It shows his divinity. Even though Jesus came to this earth through human means, he also came through supernatural circumstances. Though born of Mary, he was not created by man or through any work of man. He has always been and always will be God. And he was given to mankind, but not generated by mankind. God interjected himself into humanity. Born of a virgin, born of the Holy Spirit into this earth. And this displays his divinity. Luke one thirty five even tells us, it says that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, overshadowed her. I can't explain a virgin birth. There's a lot of things of this story I can't explain. But the the humanity of Christ was created through the work of both the Holy Spirit and of God, but the, the divinity of Christ only came from God. He literally became God in the flesh. God is the direct and equal expression of God. Jesus is the direct and equal expression of God. A lot of times we get confused and think, well, Jesus was just a good guy, that God blessed while he was on this earth. He made his presence known through Jesus. He just picked this guy. 
I want you to tell you that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what history shows. It literally shows that Jesus was God in the flesh. Fully man, but also fully God. Jesus wasn't a good man. He was a God man. God who became man. So it shows his divinity, but it also shows his devotion. If he's a son, he is devoted. The idea of being Messiah is God giving himself as a gift to mankind. This son of God, he says, I am coming to you. Unto you, a child is born. Unto you, a son is given. He say, I'm devoting myself to you. This shows God's extreme and full devotion to reconciling man back to himself. And God said, I will come. I will be the ultimate payment, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate bridge between man and God by coming in the form of God. God's devotion to us, though, just didn't stop at the birth of Jesus. It was demonstrated through his life, the way he interacted with others, the way he loved others, the way he healed others, the way that he spoke to others. If you want to know how God would react to a situation, try to look and see how Jesus reacted to a situation. Jesus wasn't trying to be like God. He was God. So if you want to know how Jesus would treat the poor or how we should treat the poor, look at how Jesus treated the poor. You want to see how Jesus would or we should handle conflict? Look how Jesus handled conflict. How do we relate to our enemies? How did Jesus relate to our enemies? That he was fully God devoting himself to us. That's why no just man could be Messiah. It must be God as man. And the divinity of Christ, I want to exemplify two things. It shows his grace, that he is here to bring hope. He's not come to bring judgment. He came to bring hope. But it also exemplifies his mercy, that he's here to make peace. Make peace between us and God. God came to bring full salvation to all men by being both fully God and fully man. And when you put these two concepts together, you get something very unique. Not just very unique, completely unique. There's never been another person that has come on this earth that is like Jesus. This Messiah that was had the full power of God operating within the full limitations of man. Jesus in his deity created every drop of water on the earth, but yet still he would grow thirsty. In his deity, he set the worlds in motion, but at the end of the day, he still needed to lay down and rest. The duality of humanity and deity is what we call this idea of the incarnation, that God became man, the theology of incarnation. I want you to hear something very clear from me. When I hear this, this idea of incarnation, that the creator of the universe and all of mankind came to earth in human form, kind of sounds weird kind of sounds strange like this sounds almost mythological right it sounds like a great movie script like we've seen this in movies like we've seen this play but it it seems like something detached from reality something that can't be true I i was reading the other day about this story that came out in the early 2000s about this guy who magically showed up or i think it was around 2007 And he was arrested for insider trading on Wall Street. 
And here's what happened. The story was that he came with $800 and over three months made every, the best possible trade he could make every time and turned $800 into $3.5 million in three weeks. He was arrested for insider trading, and they began to question him, and he said, the only thing I can tell you is I am from the future. I am from 2035, and I knew this was the time to come, and they're interviewing him, and they're like, no, this can't be true, and they, but they could not come up with another explanation. And then one night, they all go, and they come back the next morning to the jail cell, and he is gone. This, this was reported like on Yahoo News and other stuff. But if you go to Snopes.com right now, it's like been debunked. Like it's not true. It's one of those stories that you hear, and you're like, that sounds too good to be true. And it was. Like that story is too good to be true. And when you hear this story of like this God literally comes in form of a man that you can touch, walk around, that he talked to people. He just lived like every other man. It sounds too good to be true. But I want you to hear, history has not debunked this story. In 2,000 years, this story still rings true. There are skeptics. There's those who struggle to believe it. But here's why I believe it. I believe it for two reasons. One, Because if I believe in a God, I have to believe in somebody beyond me. I have to believe that there is someone and something beyond me and can do things that I cannot understand and I cannot explain. That's what makes him God. And that's what makes you and I not God. You can do things and I can study them and I can figure them out and maybe I can try to do what you do. But when God does something supernatural, it seems crazy to us. It seems outlandish. It seems unbelievable. But the reason I can believe in God is because he does unbelievable things. Not because he does things I can explain. So that's the first reason, because it is outlandish. It is unbelievable. But the second, I think the more important reason is this. As I've chosen to place my faith in believing that God could do that, I've also placed my faith in the Messiah. And began to see that truth play out in my life. I, be- I began to see his grace and peace play out in my life. I've experienced his mercy. I've had hope like never before. I've experienced God coming into my mess and bringing restoration and redemption. I could stand here for the next few hours and tell you story after story of God's work in my life through Messiah, through hope coming through hope outside of myself. And so my question for you today is this. Have you forgotten the humanity of Jesus? When you think about Jesus, do you just think about the God of heaven? And have you forgotten that he actually lived and walked among us and that for you and me, we can relate to him as a person because he was a man also? Or maybe you're sitting here today and I would ask you this question. Have you forgotten the deity and the divinity of Jesus. In your mind is Jesus just a man, just somebody who walked this earth. And have you forgotten that he willingly came, laying aside the splendor and glory of heaven to become a human like you and I? Have you trivialized him to a simple character of the Bible and a simple person in history? If you forget the humanity, you've cut short who Jesus is. If you forget his divinity, you've cut short who Jesus is. Jesus is Messiah, 
the concept of Messiah because these two come together. And the reason you and I can experience joy and hope and the reason our world is turned upside down over these this season is because of this incredible union of God and man and hope from heaven to hope in our hearts. And you today can have hope because Jesus is the Messiah. Let me bow your head and close your eyes with me.